Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Woe is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jerry Clark. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. You better, you better hold on to your butt because I've got Aaron Coleman here on the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Welcome, welcome, welcome to all of you listening, and welcome to you, good sir. Well, I appreciate you having me in. It's fun, always fun. Uh, now I'm beginning the show with a little nostalgia. I found more of my old tunes. This is a Joey Clark special. Yeah. Instead of playing video games, this is what I would do alone in my room. Among other things. I was going to say. Yeah. I don't think that's the only thing you'll do. Well, you know. I, I like this. It's got a nice little hard beat. You know, every beat. Yeah. Beat, beat. It's not perfect. It's not great. But it brings back good memories. And it's a good lesson, folks. Back up your computer. Because I had 50 of these things and, and I lost gone. them. Gone. All gone. Just in my head. I would yeah. have to recreate some of them. Mine would sound more like Ross Geller. You remember, yeah. you remember his original music? Yeah, where he's Late using that program, the uh, Casio keyboard, just sound effects, <laughs> like a cow. <laughs> that, that's more, if I created original music um, in high school, that's what it would have sounded like. Yeah, now I had a lot of fun doing that. I really did. Why? Right now, it, I'm tired of these telemarketer calls to my damn cell phone. You ought to be a Twinkle Cavanaugh fan. She's going to put an end to it. Good. Yeah, that's Good. her goal, is to stop the telemarketer intrusion. That's my hope, because half the time they don't even answer me back. Well, I mess with them. Well. I actually had one guy just going, oh, I'm so, after what I said to him, what did, I cannot. What did you say? I, I, Joey. I lit into him. Oh. Yeah, I really lit into him. And it's not just, like, colorful language and four-letter words. It's the tone. Yeah, you gave him the tone? <laughs> yeah, and he was like, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry, sir. I, I, I'm, and I kind of get put him on the phone off the hook. Like, I know you didn't call me. You just plugged into this, right? He's like, yes, sir. He's like... <laughs> <laughs> it was an auto dialer. I'm so sorry, sir. It connected to a switch in Plus, the southeast with that Indian accent. Yeah, yeah, you gotta, you gotta watch it. And by the way, it is time that I've decided now. Natives of the country, the indigenous peoples, I'm going to call them Native Americans because with as many Indian Americans we now have in the country, some ra- you know at high levels of power. Yeah, like Nikki Haley, Kamala Harris, her mother's an Indian American what? immigrant. Yeah. But people were a little confused. Her mother's Indian. Her father's black, I guess? Yes. Her mother immigrated from India. Where's her father from? I'm not sure. I don't care about the father. It's all about matriarchs with me, Baron. This is a new future that's female and furious. (laughs) Future's female. You know, I I, I boycotted a wedding over that t-shirt. Really? Yeah. You were invited to a wedding, and yeah. that was and I didn't go featured prominently in no, no, the no, wedding no, no. swag. Or? Well, well, no, no, no. One of the one of the participants of the wedding. I'm not gonna say bride or groom, but one of the participants had a T-shirt on, said the future's female, and a picture on Facebook. Oh Lord, I hope it's not the groom. I didn't go to the wedding. <laughs> Let's just say that. 
You know, my goodness. I did have a discussion with Eric, and the Eric and Emily, Emily and Eric wedding, however you want to call it, it went off beautifully. Great reception, great ceremony. Thank you to, I'm going to give it away, the Capital City Club. Great job, Yeah, it was guys. great. It was, it was great. a wonderful time. Yeah. But I was having this discussion with uh, Eric before the wedding that I, I am traditional in some ways. I would like to keep the Clark name going. It's so exclusive, don't you know? Oh, yeah. There aren't many Clarks out there. Um, <laughs> a good candy bar. But if I was, say, to marry a certain lady who had a prominent last name, I might take it. Really? Like yeah. a Kennedy or like something? Like a Kennedy, yeah. Or a Trump? Yeah, exactly. Would you be Joey Trump if you married Tiffany? Absolutely. Yeah. I'd, All day, every day. No, I'd, I'd force I'd be, I'd make her be Tiffany Trump Coleman. All right, I'm, I'm sorry, but I apologize for nothing, folks. No shame in my game. Whatever other slogan you want to throw out there. But if Tiffany Trump is down, I'm taking that name. If Charlotte Flair... Is a willing well. You gotta be Joey Flair. I would be. I would turn into a Flair. You know, day every day. The neighbors be like, "Oh, they're at it again." Joey in the bathroom, in the bedroom. Yeah, and it it wouldn't be the future's female shirts. It would be the future's. The future is Flair. Oh, it's royalty, Uh, wrestling royalty. Yeah, I never quite understood the take. I mean, I know it's tradition, but the taking the last names. it's it's uh if you look back though seems and, arbitrary and if you do some digging like one of my roommates is doing into ancestry you will find like this doesn't make any sense and what usually will solve the problem is a dude took the lady's last name well, for all sorts of different reasons you well I, I ran into a problem in Virginia in about 1680s no 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 seven it was about 1730 something I ran into a problem in Virginia <clears throat> where the same name appeared on both sides of the ledger oh and I no. thought and I thought Oh, that's interesting. Uh, two random families, the same name, happen, you know, in the frontier of Virginia, very early on in Virginia. And then I realized, oh, oh. Did they get married to this music? The uh, brother love theme? Yeah. It was It was a little close. To, a little clo- I'm glad there were a few generations between... My and, and and there was there was a prominent political family in Alabama with the same last name. I'm not going to say the name. Okay. A very <laughs> prominent political family with the same last name, and I tracked them back, and I'm 99 percent sure they come from the same duo Ooh. back in Virginia. Ooh. Yeah, Man, I think, I we think, can really judge those people who aren't. I think alive. they're like fifth or sixth cousins to me. The prominent political family in Alabama, and and you know, mine went up to the northeast out of Virginia and then west into Indiana mm-hmm. and theirs came down through South Carolina and Georgia and then over to Alabama so and then I'm the one that intruded on them and moved into Alabama but I wonder if they know this secret hmm. about the brother-sister pair back in the 1700s <laughs> and they had like 14 kids I, I think Alabamians especially certain you know segments of yeah. the state if you think in terms of geography and you slice up the state yeah. in certain segments uh, it's it's a oh you know how Alexandria Ocasio Cortez mentioned or somebody mentioned the ringworm yeah in Alabama a- ringworm, epidemic yeah. which is not really an epidemic in Alabama and I didn't know uh, what ringworm is it's it's a minor skin disease right, yeah. like it's easily treated and there aren't increased cases of ringworm in Alabama but I think what she was searching for is what one of my favorite writers said and he this is the sort of stuff these are the people I read folks that. This is the sort of phrase that got him threats of being hanged. Like, you come to the my county, this would be like from sheriffs. You come to my county, we're killing you, son. 
early 1900s, he referred to the South as the incest and hookworm segment of the what? country. Oh, yeah. H.O. Mencken. Now, he would say, you know, in this PC culture, he then took all the reactions to him. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think he called them like paroxysms. It was the name of the book. Yeah. But he took all the negative press, all the threats on his life, collected them, curated them, edited it down, and published it and made money off of it. <laughs> Can I publish my public file from up here at Blue Water Broadcasting? I think it would work. I don't know. It's, it's long. Well, who knows these days? It might classify as journalism. I still remember the first letter I got complaining about my broadcast. It was about a month and a half or so after I was on air. I made a comment about dogs. Won't do that again. You made a comment about dogs? Yeah, I made a comment about dogs. And I won't say the comment, but suffice it to say, I valued humanity over... I guess you learned your lesson. I did. (laughs) Trust me, I did. (laughs) That cartoon's full of crap. All dogs don't go to heaven. Well, I didn't say that. Summer hellhounds. I didn't say that, but... No, literally, there's a hellhound. What is it, Cerebus or something like that? Guards the gates of hell? So not all dogs. I'm not bad. going there. So I, mean, it's no, up I to was you. trying to get you to. You you, you tell me, <laughs> young Joey. I was trying to get you to. Uh, but no, I. Uh, you remember that first complaint? Yes, I remember the first one, and I and then I remember the big flurries of complaints on various topics: the Confederate flag, bicycles. Ooh, that was a heated. Yeah, uh, the Confederate flag coming down <sighs> from the South Carolina State House. I got so many complaints over that. And then uh, uh, the the biggest one, the biggest two really were the bicycles. When I jokingly, no one no one understands satire anymore. I jokingly suggested cars ought not give the bicyclist the full range of the 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 law allows them. Right. Uh, and it was a joke, and it didn't go over well. And we kind of settled with the group. You stop sending hate mail, and then I'll give some free Pete publicity to bicyclists and tell people to give them three feet. This man is advocating running over cyclists. Well, I mean, that wasn't too far from accurate. Uh, but anyway. And then uh, and then the last one, the last huge kerfuffle, obviously the Hubbard deal, but the last huge oh, one was the uh, uh, what happened over in Virginia, the Charlottesville, Virginia where the young woman was tragically killed oh, by a car. Yeah, that was terrible. And I made a comment on Twitter before I knew which side of the protest. I, I still thought at this point, because I woke up, it was brand new in the morning. Right. The last I heard is it was the Unite the Right rally, right? They were going to have yeah, this yeah. gigantic rally. And I make I jokingly offhand to say, well, if you play in the street, sometimes you get run over. Mm. Well, apparently it was a liberal, and you're not allowed to make jokes about liberals. You can only make jokes about conservatives. Don't right. You? The violent commentary yeah. is only allowed when you're going to punch... A fascist or maybe like a crypto-fascist. Precisely. Or a Nazi. Yeah. So had I waited and and figured it out, I would have seen, oh, it's a liberal who died. Don't don't, don't say anything. Don't make an off-color joke like but that, that. But, I mean, you know, my file is <laughs> it's thick. I mean, it's like four or five volumes of the World Book Encyclopedia. I'm trying to grow my file. Well, it's, it's, not, no. as hard, it's not as hard as you'd think. Really? Yeah. It's just a matter of talking, I suppose. Well, just just understand that that certain groups have no sense of humor. Well, I think that's a lot of people. I did a whole show last week on why we get offended. Yeah. Well, for instance, I saw a great one. I do love people getting offended about other people being offended. I get offended by you being offended about other people. Yeah. Well, I'm not offended. I'm amused. I don't know if it's real, but there was somebody who pointed out that a student wrote a paper that the Frankenstein monster in the classic Mary Shelley's novel, Frankenstein, is the victim of the story. 
And so somebody wrote up an article about Generation Snowflake, and somebody retweeted that and said, but that's kind of the point of the novel. Yeah, that is the... <laughs> you know, the, no, the novel was written on a dare. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. It, they, they were joking around about who could create a novel based on the most absurd <clears throat> set of circumstances. And so she goes out there and builds one about it's, a guy creating life from nothing and it, then the life turning on it, it being the tragic character. It's fantastic. Uh, it's book. a fantastic book. I mean, I read it for the first time in college. Yeah, likewise. And I probably should have read it in high school. I think it was assigned at one point in high school, but I didn't necessarily read <laughs> Those it. Those summer reading lists don't mean anything. Yeah. You just, when your teachers recommend it, kids... You don't have to do it. Well, you know what's interesting? My wife and I are talking about reading a book, and she, she wants to read a Flannery O'Connor novel. Hmm. And so I dig into a little bit about Flannery O'Connor. Not too far off of Frankenstein themes. Okay. Tragedy and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. these are these are recurring themes throughout particularly, uh, I don't know, grotesque literature. but No, but uh, I would encourage people to read the classics. Yeah, like of if course. you're going to read, read the classics. I, I do worry, and I started to see it when Put I was. Put down in, the Shelby Steel, is that what you're saying? Yeah, that and, and the Dan Brown. Oh, and 50 talk Shades. Talk about another crisis where were, there were some Christians upset over, what was it, the Da Vinci Code? Oh, and it was, it was fiction. I mean, it I'm was like, just. It's a, fiction, people. And they were like, no, no, no. He said on the first page, it's everything in here is true. I'm like, well, <laughs> come on. It's a fiction. It was not in the nonfiction Based section. Based on true symbolism, I guess. Yeah. My goodness. You know, all this controversy, people getting offended, people getting offended over people, other people being offended. It's just a, a deep, deep rabbit hole. And it makes me think that we have it too good. Oh, no. You've, you've hit on a topic. Yeah, I think we have it so good in modern times here, especially in the United States of America, that everybody now has tried to figure out, hmm, how could I make it seem like I'm aggrieved and put upon so I get attention? Do you ever read nonfiction stories about the travels west, like during Manifest Destiny, either shortly before, during, or after that? I'm light on that. Okay, Uh, Bozeman Trail, the Santa Fe Trail, the Oregon Trail, these were the the major routes going west. Uh, And you would leave uh, Montgomery, Alabama, and you would have to make your way to St. Louis because all the routes kind of started in St. Louis. You'd go to St. Louis, and then you would face a three- to five-month journey west. Mm. Uh, say you wanted to travel the, uh, the Oregon Trail and get to Williamette Valley. So you would go up there, uh, and along the way you would encounter hostile Indians, uh, hostile wildlife, uh, hostile weather. You would encounter uh, diseases that you had not yet been exposed to. There's this misnomer that we only gave Indians diseases. Well, their water gave us diseases. Right. Um, because they would crap in, crap in the water, frankly, and then we'd show up and drink it. And, and it, It's it, called it, natural plumbing. Well, well, but anyway, but there, there was this misnomer. Um, I mean, that, this is reality. And, and when you read the stories, if you ever get the opportunity to read the stories, particularly um, the Santa Fe Trail going west, to California, present-day California, mm-hmm. when Polk said, we're going to the Pacific Ocean. And they did, and yeah. they did. And, and, and what it took to get there, and how much struggle and sacrifice and death they encountered along the way. I've always talked about this excess. If Steve, on the trip, along the way, said, you know what, guys, I feel like a woman. <laughs> they said, Steve, shut the hell up. We got, you know, we got Indians coming up. They're, we got to find something to eat. The winter is setting in on us. To hell with the dresses. After we kill the Indians, then we can talk about you feeling like a woman. I'm lonely. Well, in the meantime, they get they get diphtheria. They get you know uh, dysentery. Uh, you know, and and somebody steps on a uh, an old wire fence and gets a lockjaw. And I mean, it's just yeah, it's it, terrible life. You wouldn't have the opportunity to discuss the finer points of LGBTQ 
new rights mm. and the future is female and all that. You you are you are facing life or death on a daily basis. Yeah. The weather or disease or animals or hostile forces could kill you at any moment. Yep. You didn't have the time to sit around and say, I feel aggrieved and you're gonna call me ma'am. You call <laughs> oh, me ma'am. That video was it so is ma'am. That was hilarious. You misgendered me, it is ma'am. I mean that would have been like Steve, shut the hell up. <laughs> Indians, bro, Indians, man up. Steve, don't talk about what we talk about in the tent. Yeah, not out in front of the boys. Steve, put your moccasins on. Come on, Steve. But no, you bringing up this point is fantastic, and it really is kind of a—it's a common in his history. People who write, of course, history, yeah. not herstory, but his story to a given historian. One theme, one model is, say, like the downfall of Rome. Why do great empires fall? Rome, the ancient Chinese, why did, even the Greeks. Why do certain empires fall? And one is kind of the, uh, the you know, silk stockings, froofy shoes. We, we're getting too soft, too much luxury. And thus, you're not able to remember the things that got you to the top in the first place. Now, there's argument over whether or not that's true in the case of Rome, or was it political corruption? Over they overextended themselves, they, too much bread and circuses, so to speak. But it's it's interesting to think about because that world of people blazing a trail across the West still exists. Sure. I mean, the systems that we use to give us luxuries of modern living are very fragile. And I think that fragility is forgotten to where most people, myself included, I would not know what to do if the light switch doesn't come on and it's for not just days, but weeks, months. Like, well, I mean, you're talking about major situations that could happen with the snap like an EMP goes off, these yeah. sort of big disaster situations, and you have to sit back and go, well, what would I do? And you don't want to think about it because it's, it's scary. You have about, in, in that situation, you don't have weeks or months. You have three days. Yeah. Uh, you, got about a, you got about a day to prepare, and you got about a day when everybody else hasn't figured out what's setting in yet. And then you have a day, about a third day, where the masses get hungry. And everybody realizes your BB guns cannot kill enough songbirds and, and squirrels to feed the world. We could uh, just forage like Hunter Gather. No, you you have total chaos. There, there are too many people for that scenario, packed into smaller. There are not too many people for the world. There are too many people in Atlanta. Like cities. There are too many people in Atlanta and Chicago and New York and Los Angeles and Miami. Those people all die. Right. Montgomery, two-thirds of it's got to go within about a week. Um, and I'm I mean, I'm not a luddite. I don't want to. I don't think of the past as like this golden age where people were better off or more spiritually whole. I really sure. think that's nonsense. I think we have it much better today, and it's better to live today than say a hundred years ago. Ever, or, ever. In I mean, better history. than ten years ago. But that brings you back to the excesses. Yeah. Where it sometimes I I look at somebody's complaint and I try to take them seriously because they're a person, but it's stuff like today where I think, am I a bad person? For instance, I read things, and I laugh very hard, and I then have, take a pause. Like, should you have laughed at that, Joey? <laughs> yes, yes, you should have. For instance, folks might have heard that BuzzFeed has had to lay off 200-something journalists. Now, unfortunately, I don't think it's in reaction to that crap BuzzFeed story about Cohen. 
I think it's just the reality of they've been going for about a decade. Their investors are like, we don't expect you to be in the black, making a profit anytime soon. You're a startup. Get your name out there. Have this great brand. Well, that day's come where the investors are like, okay. Give me some of my money back. We need to make some money here, guys. So they laid off 200 people. Whole departments. Well, the day of the layoffs, the LGBTQ... Hopefully I got that right, because I would hate the wrath of some ma'am man. <laughs> it's ma'am! But the LGBTQ section of the site published an article called What is the Future of LGBT- LGBTQ Media? And that day, they were fired. Good. I lo- and I, I had a long, good, I dare I say, I, I let out a guffaw. Yeah. Like, I thought it was just perfect rich irony. I'm not thinking of the people involved. Of course, you got to find new jobs. But again, that that too. This whole, like, it sucks if you lose a job. It sucks if you're not getting a paycheck and you're a federal worker. But life generally sucks. Well, let me, let me and there are good moments, little snapshots of happy. But life yeah, generally is a struggle. It is. And the history of humanity, we've talked about this, is subjugation, slavery, control, death. Nasty British war. in short. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the, hum, the history of humanity in, ma- in mass groups is very scary. Uh, there are brief, very brief periods of peace that last 100 or 200 years and then they go away. Right. And then you have 1,000 years or more uninterrupted of, of death, subjugation, war, and slavery. Uh, but, but going back to the LGBTQ, TQ, whatever, A-plus rating, you know, whatever they call themselves these days. Uh, I don't have a problem with them, and I don't think you do either. No, I don't. Uh, you know, gay folks in general or, or whatever you want to call yourself. I have no problem with I, I think most people don't. I mean, I think in, in, the, in the modern America, most people don't. The, the problem I have, and I think the problem most people have is, we had a gay president of the United States. Really? Beyond dispute. Millard Fillmore? No. Buchanan. James Buchanan. We had a gay vice president of the United States, William Rufus Devane King, from right here in Selma, Alabama. Um, They were were a gay couple. Selma represent. They were a gay couple together. Uh, They have love letters written to each other. The postman called them Aunt Fancy and Miss Nancy. Okay? (laughs) Everyone knew they were gay. There wasn't a word for it, though. Right. There was no word called homosexual. There was no word called gay. There was no word called queer or whatever. I guess the only word around was what? Sodomy? I, I don't even think they used to refer to that. You know what they did? Everyone looked the other way and minded their own business and no one cared. And he went on to be president of the United States. Wasn't that the same with uh, Sally Hemings and Jefferson? I think all sorts of rumors were put out in the press. And most... It- didn't cost him well, the th- presidency. But, this, but, but the funny thing is, this didn't even cause rumors. Hmm. Buchanan and, and King didn't even cause rumors. No one even cared. Everyone in Washington knew. His political opponents knew, and they didn't go around and, says, and say he's living with a man. Nobody said that. Right. Nobody bothered. Uh, they weren't president and vice president on the same ticket, incidentally. Uh, they were, they were, there was an election between them. Uh, but they were very high-ranking, powerful public officials, both what we would call gay or homosexual. They didn't have a word for it. They just, they were companions, and they, they enjoyed each other's company. Right. And nobody gave a damn. It wasn't until the last 50 or 100 years that people really started caring about it in, in any big way. And the whole idea that 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 the gay community is is now coming out of the closet from some hideous... I mean, I just, I don't buy it. I mean, we, we had a gay president. It's like, well, you know, it's the same argument. People say, well, black people are so oppressed, they have no political power. Well, we did have a black president. Yeah. 
you know, or half black. I mean, he was the 44th consecutive president raised by a white family, but he did have a black sperm donor. And he and he and he appeared dark on the on the outside, right? But it, it's uh, well, and it, it's it's kind of well. It brings me to my big crusade. Is I'm tired of the, for lack of a better word, it's too hoity-toity, but collectivism. Yeah. I'm tired of this crap. I'd imagine like if you come out as gay today in say Los Angeles, many most parts of Los Angeles or New York City or whatever, you're gonna not only be accepted but praised. Right now, if you're living in rural Kentucky. And you come out as gay. It depends on it depends on your family. You might actually be accepted and loved all the same. You might also have an issue on your hands. I don't. It's I, in my opinion, it's more about the individual. If you come out as a gay person in Montgomery, Alabama, or Elmore, Alabama, are you going to have a harder time than being a Trump supporter in San Francisco mm. or Berkeley? Right. Well, in this honestly, case, I mean, it's an honest I, intellectual exercise that needs to be explored. Well, and this is what I mean by collectivism. It can sometimes be things that are immutable, so to speak, like you're born with it. Sure. I think some of it, though, is also like, okay, you support Trump, so you, you voted for him. You're wearing that hat, so you support everything. Like, there's this great clip that came out right after the Covington Catholic School Boys scandal. And it was actually a black guy wearing a MAGA hat. And there's this white... She looked like a skinhead to me, but apparently it's some progressive feminist talking about this, that hat instills fear in me, and my emotions are more important to the facts. They're closer to the truth. Like, yeah. And the guy's like, well, maybe I'm just trying to open up a conversation with you, and we should be interested in facts. We should be interested in not buying into major media narratives. And it baffled me, though, that somebody can be presented with an obvious contradiction in terms by the left's own standards, and they don't know how to deal with it other than to say you're, white, you're, you're supporting white supremacy. Right. If you're looking at women who voted for Trump, you're just helping the white male patriarchy. Like it's, it's a dangerous road to go down. It really is, because you need to be looking at people at best as individuals. Of course, we always group together. We have things that we bond over, things that we have in common, and those things are important. But at the end of the day, you're an individual person, and you should be respected or disrespected accordingly. Like, right. if I said something really crazy and terrible up here, yeah, I should take the heat. I should take the heat. Well, I, but even then, I think you should take it in the in the context of the body of your work. Right, that too. And that, that's, that's the biggest that's problem. That's the other thing. The yeah. outrage culture doesn't consider the context of your work. It considers an individual statement, isolate. I mean, granted, all news is, is out of context because you can't possibly provide everything, yeah. everything on every story. But it, it takes an individual isolated statement. He said, look, go back to some of the things I've said. He said that, that the woman should have been killed who was protesting. Right. She was protesting fascists, therefore he's pro-fascist. I didn't know who the hell was killed. Right. I just knew someone was protesting in the street, and by God, that's where cars drive. You know, and if, if you protest where cars drive, you, you might with, get hit by one. You with cars and running over people. Well, and somebody else, uh, Clay pointed out, too, that I oh, took a lot of Southern Wood texting you during, during my show? Yes, he pointed out that I took a lot of heat about saying that uh, we waste a lot of dish soap saving ducks after an oil spill. You know? <laughs> And they all die anyway. I mean, it's the nature of my fate. My fa this is a this, great joke. Well, it is. But he, here's the here's the here's the one that got me going that day. They they get this 
this uh, animal clean. They, they they nurse it back to life after an oil spill. They get it clean and they release it into the wild. You know what? Did you see what happened? A giant orca came and ate the damn thing <laughs> ten seconds after they released it. That's <laughs> nature. I mean, it, it, it's irony. It's irony. I mean, George Carlin could not have written that. He, I mean, he wouldn't have thought of it. It's too perfect. Oh, it's great. Yeah, and I don't know. I'm trying to wake up because I think I was raised in this sort of touchy-feely, and parts of it are good. But I think I was raised and I've been taught that if you learn how to complain, if you learn how to appear aggrieved and your cause is righteous, you're a victim in some way, whether it's you know some group that doesn't like you or it's like you could be trying to punch up. It's like, I, I, excuse me, pardon me, but there's something about a lot of populism. It's like those people with power are ruining my life. And in some cases, it's true. But in a lot of cases, I look at somebody and go, did you look in the mirror this morning? Look, there's a great, <clears throat> I hate to bring the Bible into it. There's a great biblical story. Jesus goes to the, um, the well, and it, it's, it's like a fountain. And he goes, and there's a guy laying next to it. And the guy's a cripple. I mean, he's, he can't move. Yeah. And Jesus goes to him. And, 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 the, and the, the story of this well was when a bird or something would come down and disrupt the water, you would go over and, and feel the disrupted water, and it might provide you healing if God saw favor on you in that moment. So they're all sitting around the fountain. you got all these cripples and everything going around, and they're waiting on something to disrupt the water so they can... T- anyway, Jesus walks up to the guy, and he says, do you want to be healed? Hmm. And when you read it at first blush, you think, yeah, okay, I'm going to breeze on past that because, of course, he wants to be healed. You move. The reality is it's a legitimate question that a lot of victims need to be asked. Amen. Do you want to be healed? Because a lot of people wallow around in the victim. And I'm not going to name the types of victimhood that they wallow around There's in. There's a lot of different types. But you see it on Facebook, and you see every color ribbon imaginable. You see every condition and every everything. Almost every creed. Everything imaginable. Everybody wants to tap into that well of victimhood right now because it's hot, baby. Victimhood Woo! sells. Woo! It is, I mean, it sells like hotcakes. I don't know who sold a bunch of hotcakes, but it sells like hotcakes. And I think the question, Jesus, do you want to be healed? Or do you want to remain a victim? Because when you're healed, guess what? Nobody looks down on you and feels bad for you. Nobody gives you anything. There are certain demands that are made of you. You've got to provide for yourself now. You've got to provide a living. You've got to provide a reputation. You've got to provide all of the creature comforts you want uh, are not going to be given to you. And nobody's going to walk by and feel bad for you either. And I think there are a lot of people, honestly, as I peruse my Facebook page and my Facebook feed, I think there are a lot of people who would look up and say, no, I don't want to be healed. Yeah, keep moving, God. Go to somebody else. That's a tough lesson. That's well said, too. Very well said. You know, I've been talking a lot about Jesus on this program. Have you? Yeah, but not like I've not been proselytizing. No, I'm not one to beat people over the head with. No, but, but there's, a, again, read the classics. Not yeah. just Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, but if it's been a while since you've well learned, just read the Gospels. There's a lot of important stuff in there, yeah. no matter what They've denomination survived. or what belief you come from. They've survived a good while. Yeah, and uh, anything that survived that good of a while will bring you some truth. We got to hit this break, Baron. I almost forgot your name or misspoke. I'm here. You don't have to know my name. Just spell it right. That's what Roger Stone says. No matter what they're saying about you, as long as they're talking about you. Amen. Well, they're talking about I think him. he stole that from Oscar Wilde. That's fine. Spell my name right. One R. We'll be right back, folks. Joey Clark.
Clark. Oh, welcome back. Joey Rogers Nelson. No, that's who influenced my guitar playing here. I can tell. A lot. But this is the part of the show where I'm I'm looking forward to telling folks, even though I'm sore, it's what I asked for. It's a new part of me getting better. It's not just reading and, you know, getting better speaking into a microphone or even writing on the computer. It's also about getting the body better. That's what I've done, but I've got wonky hours. I'm all over the place. You're looking good, though. You're doing something right. I appreciate it, and a big part of that reason is I have now joined Express Fitness 24-7. And 24-7 isn't just a name. They're actually open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, all year long. That's because when you become a member, well, it's simple technology everybody should be familiar with now, a key fob. So you have access whenever you like. Now, you might be hesitant to join a gym if you're not too much of a self-starter. They also provide, for people who don't want to feel like a fish out of water, some free initial personal training sessions. Like, what are your goals? What are you looking to achieve? It can be anywhere from what I'm doing. I'm essentially doing, like, these high-intensity interval training, like CrossFit-style workouts, and they're kicking my butt, but that's what I asked for. I want to feel that pain in order to get that gain. But maybe you're just looking on rehabbing an injury or just trying to get a little cardio in, and you need that access whenever you want. That's why Express Fitness 24-7 is the place to go. I highly recommend, folks, go to ExpressFitness24.com, where you can see a lot more of what they offer in all their locations. Their locations in Prattville, Millbrook, Wetumpka, Clanton, Montgomery, Pine Level. I'm going to the Montgomery location, right on Zelda Road in the Hillwood Festival Shopping Center. It's right above Firehouse Subs. Been working, personal trainer Alex, and it's just a great place, safe, clean, friendly environment. Everybody who's been working out alongside me has been courteous, great getting to know them, and state-of-the-art equipment. So if you're looking for a good place to work out that fits your schedule, maybe it's a new year, new you. Or maybe you're just something you've put off for too long. Check out Express Fitness 24-7. That website again, expressfitness24.com. Everybody needs to be doing something. Yeah. I mean, it started with the, the human for me, and now it's gone to weightlifting. Well, and I'm glad you're doing the weightlifting because, I mean, the human body was not made to just sit around. Absolutely. I mean, it really wasn't. I mean, if, 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 you're, not, if you're not pushing it, you're dying. Well, that's a common trapping of, of, again, luxuries of modern living. It's very easy to sit and be comfortable. Right. And I did have a moment, and this is honest, where I'm sitting there, I'm watching something that I should be enjoying. It was some movie, I think, a Marvel movie. I've got all this great food that was delivered to my door. Like, I'm feeling good, feeling buzz. And I'm sitting here going, I don't feel happy. What the hell? You gotta do something. You got to do something more than just, oh, I'm comfortable, I'm comfortable. Because you'll not only sink into that comfort and not feel happy in it, you'll also, in my own experience, not know where to, what to do and where to go. What's your next step? You, you lose that edge that can drive you forward. And it doesn't have to be lifting weights necessarily, but it needs to be something that's challenging. And I, I don't know, I've seen that with my own family. Now, there's also the other extreme. You go too far. You're always taking risks. You're always uh, stomping on other people. You know, sometimes I, I look at these self-starters, Baron, and I, I wonder, 
Well, honestly, we were having a conversation off air. And don't say everything we no, say off air. Of course not. That, <laughs> that'll be for a, a paid show. Yeah. You know, with social media, we could do that. Oh, man. Who the hell cares about big revenue? Well, I do. <laughs> <laughs> you know the only thing better than money? More money. More money. Yeah. But this book uh, that came out that I think the Trump team or Trump organization is now suing because Cliff Sims. Right. He's a low, he low down his, dirty rat. Yeah, he broke his non-disclosure agreement. And he wrote this book, Team of Vipers. He's been on all the national media. I saw the story that he got a million-dollar contract, a seven-figure contract, essentially, to write this thing uh, a month or two ago. And now that he's doing his media tour, it kind of brought back memories. I didn't know Cliff Sims well. And this is not sour grapes, because I think he's going to end up in a long court battle and not really have much money at all from this book. And I'm not obviously not jealous of being... He was close to the president. He was close to the circles of power. I mean, I'm the type of guy, I've had people in my own life, Baron, say, Joey, I've had people call in. You should run for office. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> you do not want me to do that because my campaign would be three words. Sex, money, power. Well, I might add a third one. Baby. Sex, money, power, baby. Vote Joey Clark for president. You've been watching too many old wrestling clips. No, but that's, that's what it would be about. Because I wouldn't be trying to get that powerful... For the right reason. You know, I want to serve the public. I really care about people, so I... Uh, there are a few people who th run with that in mind. There are a few. I'm, I'm, I'm not that cynical. 5% maybe. I think there are some good people. Often those good people get chewed up. But I think, like anything else, it doesn't have to be politics. It can be any type of industry where you get a lot of power and influence, a lot of pull in society. That you're, you got to check yourself before you wreck yourself. I mean, it goes back to my, my Epicurean thing. Don't look for fame for its own sake. Don't look after money for its own sake. Uh, you got to be careful and balanced, and really go after the things that matter in life. So when I saw Cliff Sims, it brought back a memory. And excuse me, pardon me, but I was invited to like a Republican club meeting. Yeah, most boring thing in the world. I go to those. Well, I found it incredibly boring. It's well, not knocking Republicans or the people that go to them. Just not my cup of tea. The meetings are, can be boring. Yes. It reminded me of, like, high school meetings. It's like, what are we doing here? We're not, we're not solving well, much meetings. of anything. Don't know what meetings you were in in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot accomplished. <laughs> anyway. Never got a meeting. I didn't. Don't bring up my dopey past, my <laughs> awkward past. I was reading Lord of the Rings, all right? Yeah. So, I remember going to this Republican club meeting. I'm bored to tears, but I'm going because, you know, it's friends invited me. Okay, I'll go. I feel behooved to join them and, you know, put on a suit jacket. And the speaker that night is Cliff Sims. And he was fine. He was eloquent, even. And from learning about his past, I think I met him on the radio when he was running Yellowhammer, he's a hell of a self-starter, self-promoter. But there was something about that guy. It's almost like he's too, too slick, too good. Like, can't be trusted. Mm -hmm. Especially the self-promotion part, which, you know, should be a quality in a radio host. Again, all these things can be a problem. But I'm not surprised that he is now spilling the goods. And the 
the market for this stuff. Like, if you're going to write a book and become famous for it, you really want your book to be your legacy to be, I spilled the goods on a guy I used to work for. Well, that, 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 the point I made to the legendary Steve Flowers uh, over the phone when we were talking, about, I probably shouldn't say what he said, but <laughs> I'll say the point I made. This guy's never going to work in politics again. Yeah. He, he could have parlayed what he did at the Trump administration into a basically never-ending job of millions of dollars. He worked arm, I mean, he could have portrayed himself as working arm-in-arm Next to one of the most popular Republican presidents of all time. Not popular among the left, but that's why we like him, because right. he antagonizes the left. But among Republicans, one of the most popular Republican presidents of all time. And he could have come back to a state like Alabama. He could have done national lobbying, national consulting. He could have done international lobbying and consulting. Because Trump is, is upending the apple cart with respect to the way the world the power balances and uh, the balance of power is in the world, and he could have gone into uh, uh, Saudi Arabia or Israel or uh, one of the countries Trump is sort of making the new Five Eyes, and he could have uh, he could have gone in there and and really been a player, a huge huge power player yeah. for a long time, and made tens of millions of dollars over the course of his career, and and. He might not be known on television. George Stephanopoulos might know, not know who he is. But trust me, the people who actually make the decisions, they wouldn't have known who he was. Yeah. Instead, he sells out for a single million-dollar book. And I believe it's because he's deeply, deeply compromised. He had a secret that he didn't want people to know. And some the wrong people found out about it. Hmm. And they turned him into... I was about to ask, did he not have the foresight about if you do this well, you keep your mouth shut, you'll have a, a, all sorts of career options yeah. ahead of you? No, I think, I think he probably went into it with that. And along the way, the wrong people went to him, showed him some pictures and said, we can keep these among us, uh, hmm. or we can, we can publicize these to your friends and family, your call. That's what I mean. The things people do for power, money, and fame. Yeah. Well, I, I think Sessions was compromised along the same route, mm -hmm. along the same lines. Yeah, uh, I think there are a lot of people who are selected to be in power because they're compromised and they're easily controlled. And that's, uh, that's probably one of the sorriest and most dangerous parts that Donald Trump is figuring out that he didn't know about. Mm -hmm. He gets up there and he has all these great ideas and you've got all these compromised individuals who are in the positions he needs... Trump needs them to do the things that they are supposed to be doing, right. and they won't do it because they're compromised. They don't want their wife to find out find out about the boy that they right. you know, hang out with. Right. And I, I think that's what's going on with a lot of these guys. And that's one thing, again, like, I at times wonder if I ever got into, like, true public spotlight and scrutiny. Mm -hmm. It could be scary as hell. Though, I've also had other thoughts of, like, why can't I be, like, the latest social media scandal about something I said? That's great publicity. I would love to be in the public. Uh, Joey said something outrageous. I was like, yeah, bring it on. Like, that. now the kid was only 16 years old. The Covington Catholic School kid, uh, Sandman, which mm -hmm. only makes me think of the ECW, ECW wrestler. Couldn't wrestle, but he had a great entrance. But well, the, the interview with Sandman and Savannah Guthrie. Yeah. Like, the way he carried himself was, like, very reserved. And, oh, yes, ma'am, I don't think I was disrespectful. I don't think I did anything wrong, so I need to apologize. Like, and the way, how breathy and... Do you think you owe them an apology? If I'm doing that interview, I'm like, no. Yeah. Well, he's, he's, he's got the best public relations firm in the entire Southeast representing maybe the entire country. Um, 
And that, if he's a young kid... Yeah, that public relations firm has schooled this kid before he goes on with Savannah sure. Guthrie. Right. And so if they tell you to act a certain way and you're paying the kind of money it costs to hire those people, I mean, those are those are like the $150,000, $200,000 retainers. And, but, and, and again, and, he's and, a kid, so he's probably not the one paying for it. No, but, but they've raised... I, I've talked to two people working for this guy. Hmm. Uh, this is a very professional operation. He is a product. And they are going to parlay this into success. Yeah, but whatever happened to, like, getting heat? Like H.O. Minkin collecting all the death threats and publishing and making it money. Up. Yeah, well, listen, you, you can... You, there are two ways to handle what happened to him. You can fly off the handle, or you can do what he did. Keep your mouth shut. No, oh, yeah. And, and, and realize, I mean, and, and... He's a 16-year-old kid. I got this good advice from somebody along the way. You keep your money in your pocket and your hands in your pocket... And you're waiting on the right bus to come along. Hmm. Hopefully, a bus that's going where you want to go comes along. Then you take your hands and your money out of the pocket and you board the damn bus. You don't think twice. You don't wait. You get on the bus. And that is what I think this kid... I think this kid's smarter and greater than just a 16-year-old high school kid out there fooling around. All right. And the moment... I think the moment that guy came up and started banging that drum in his face, he thought, my bus is arriving. I need to get on the damn bus. And it's going to take you where it's going to take you. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take you where you want to go because it's the bus you've been waiting on. Right. He went out immediately within two days, had hired a public relations firm. He hired two political consultants that I know personally, one of whom I've had conversation on the phone with in the last three days. Uh, they are taking this guy places. All right. They, 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 so they, there's a plan. There's a plan in place. This kid was very. This kid is wise beyond his years. Nobody should feel sorry for Sandman right now. Well, I don't feel sorry for him. I'm just thinking... He's going to be a very wealthy, very well-known man before The long. only reason I brought it up is because I wasn't thinking as like a 16-year-old kid with this bright future, being well-groomed, all these sorts yeah. of things. I was thinking of 30-year-old Joey with a radio show. Yeah. And if Savannah Guthrie's talking to me that way, I'd be like, no, why do you ask? Yeah, um... Uh, but, yeah, well, he, uh, he's, he has no remorse. He's combative. Like, yeah. You get smart with Savannah. No, I wouldn't even be I, smart I, with her. I would say, no, why I, do you ask that? Hold on. I, I've got to look up. I, this is how out of it I am. I know you guys play a lot of clips on the noon show. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who these people are. So let me look up Savannah Guthrie real fast. And, and I, there are people at home going, oh, you don't know who Savannah Guthrie? Yeah, I don't pay attention to this kind of stuff. Uh, I know who she is. Yeah. She's on the Today Show. Yes, on the Today Show. You got this big interview on the Today Show. No, I, I'll give you an example of... Who I like how he's behaving right now. Roger Stone. Now, he might get a gag order from some judge and he'll have to shut up, which is pretty bad for a guy. Oh, Lord, that's a terrible photo of Savannah Guthrie. No makeup, just gave birth to a child. Well, well not her finest moment. Yeah, but just gave birth to a child's a pretty good one. Well, moment. you get a free pass. Right. That's a good one. She's probably dog-tired. and in- She's better looking there. Right. I d- Joey, you, you're making fun of new moms? Right, exactly. I'm trying to get your public file up, Joey. Yeah, I thought exactly. we talked about this in the first half hour. <laughs> Come on, I gave you the perfect opportunity. My God, she's horrid. <laughs> you missed it. She's ugly. <laughs> What's well, more, the I, I couldn't be a morning show anchor for a national news station because I think they have to put up with a lot of crap. They have to bite their tongue a lot. Uh, it's, I don't know, it's more this... Oh, the apology tour culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're outraged. They want to cancel you. Now, what do we do? It's like you run into the breach. I think we've talked about this before. You run straight at him. And you don't apologize unless you're actually wrong. Then you apologize. But, again, 
the guy who I like right now is Roger Stone. I like his tone. I like that he's giving it to, say, George Stephanopoulos and these other interviewers. And if he's dealing with an actual you know, deposition or somebody, it's like, okay. Yeah, out- outrage culture is rewriting PR profession. Um, in-, in the past, running the breach wasn't bad advice. If, if you were right, hold your guns and yeah. keep going. Um, the advice P- professionals are giving clients now when they call Unless you have an opportunity like Sandman and and what happened where there's video footage that you're in the right and and public tide starts to turn very quickly in your favor, then you can capture that. That's your bust moment. Get on it and go. Really now with outrage culture, when you say something stupid on social media, um, the general consensus among the professionals is apologize the best way you can and put your head down for 48 hours and don't lift back up. Hmm. Uh, after, Let it pass. After 48 hours, get up, and there's a 95% chance the outrage machine is on to the next outrage. They've forgotten about you. They don't right. remember. And in six months, do you think they're going to remember the guy who said excellent? I mean, they don't care. They, the machine has been outraged 30 or 40 times in that period of time. But generally speaking... Well, what if you don't want them to forget about you? Uh, and you're not in the wrong. I, I had a friend who called me, and he said, he said you're a Catholic radio host. Um, how about you come out very publicly... And take this very controversial Catholic position. Mm-hmm. And I said, why? I don't necessarily believe it, for one. But, but two, I would take a lot of heat if I suggested such a thing. He said, exactly. Yeah. Heat's good. Well, Joe, you're Catholic. I'll give you the position you can I'm take. I'm not really Catholic. Yeah, you not anymore. You can't dry off that chrism, brother. Yeah, I was It's in there raised. somewhere. It was, I, just in good faith. To other Catholics out there, I don't think things I say should be represented of the Catholic community. Well, the same thing for the Pope. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Things he says shouldn't be held against the church. Well said. But it's, uh, I don't know. I I think the point is you don't want people to forget about you. Whatever. Why do you think I wear a headband? Cheap heat. Cheap heat. Yeah. You've been listening. I have, Joey. I take notes. Now, cheap heat only goes so far. You need people. And there's also the, like, thing called in wrestling, go home heat, Mm -hmm. where people are so mad, they're not, like, intrigued and wanting to keep listening Mm -hmm. or watching, they go home. And they don't come back. So it's a fine line between, like, the cheap crap that'll get a little pop or, like, you betrayed somebody. There's got to be that middle ground of, hmm, I not like that guy, but I'm going to keep watching. Because he just won't shut up. I, I'd say, you know, I've got I've got several people on Facebook who all they do is trash me, and every, and, they, and they show up in my feed from time to time. <laughs> you know who you know who several of them are. Yeah. Um, you know, you 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 take the heat, you move on, and uh, generally speaking, if you just do what you do, again, it's not like we're blazing a trail across across the West. No. It's like, oh yeah. no, people don't like me. We sit in an air-conditioned and or heated studio, sometimes inappropriately at the wrong season. Well, and I think people like honest opinion, even if they don't like the opinion. They like honesty and being who you are rather than placating them. I might be wrong about that. Maybe some people like to be placated. Sometimes maybe placating gets you into the big club. There are some people who aren't happy unless they're unhappy. Those people, if they don't like you, will listen to every second of your show. Because it makes them unhappy, and that makes them happy. It's a weird world. Joey Rogers Nelson. But I don't think I'll be placating anybody to get into any circles of power anytime soon. <sighs> That's a placation I couldn't do. Nor I. Thank you for joining me, Baron. I appreciate you having me. This is fun. We'll do it again.